Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here today recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome, welcome. This episode will probably air while Maddie is on vacation. Yep. I hate her. I'm actually feeling very jealous of Maddie's adventures of late, and I feel like I need to go on my own vacation or adventure. Yeah, I've been kind of going all over the place lately, actually. Yeah. I mean, we need to do one together. I told you I was going to be gone for like the whole month I of know, October. I know, it's so annoying. And then I didn't even know I was going to be gone for the whole end of September as oh my well, God, which I so was. I was gone for like... Annoying. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. We got our new Patreon stickers in. They're actually... We went with like a bigger size than our original ones. So they're kind of fun. So if you come and join Patreon, you will get the bigger sticker now because we're all out of the smaller ones. So Yeah. Good reason to come hang out with us on Patreon. Plus, you get all of your bonus episodes and tons of other stuff. Today, we are bringing you the case of Britt Catherine May Lapthorne. So Britt had blonde hair and it was cut into a short bob, and she had a very bright smile. She was 152 centimeters, weighing 47 kilograms, which is about 411 and 103 pounds. So she's actually shorter than you. She had olive-colored skin and a nose piercing. And in 2008, Britt was getting ready to turn 21. And what she really wanted for her birthday was a backpack. And she wanted the biggest backpack that she could carry. Because she was planning on going backpacking through Europe and had been planning the trip for quite some time. I feel like you're going to find a lot of connections with this particular backpacker. Um, We're already on to a lot of similarities. Yeah. Her parents were Dale and Delka Lapthorne, and Britt always looked forward to returning home, which for her was Australia. And she did do a lot of traveling, but she, the way I kind of saw it is kind of how Maddie lives her life too, where... Home base is where I live, and then she just kind of goes and goes on these adventures and does things, but comes back. She loved her family and enjoyed reading and music. She also had a sweet tooth, and cheesecake was her favorite. She had always been adventurous and was considered a tomboy growing up. Do you like researching cases that are supposed to be scary to me? <laughs> I assume this girl does not live past this. She was well-traveled by her 20th year and had stepped foot on almost every continent in the world. She was planning a solo trip to do a little soul-searching and prepare for her future career as she had been working on her degree in international business at RMIT. Her boyfriend Simon was very supportive and even referred to her as Tripthorn because she loved traveling so much. And her trip actually sounds like A dream come true. Like, I would love to take her trip. She planned to be gone for four months and would be returning in mid-October. And her trek would take her into multiple countries. She spent a lot of time researching and planned to keep everyone updated through Facebook, almost like a blog. Her parents were very supportive and even planned to meet Britt in Paris for her 21st birthday, which was a month into her trip. She would get her present early, though, and that would be a black 
Wolf brand backpack. And it would be literally the biggest one that she could carry, which probably isn't that big if she's about Maddie's size. (laughs) So in June of 2008, she would fly from her home in Melbourne, Australia to Europe. And her return flight was set for October 15th, 2008. So she would be taking her Canon PowerShot G9 camera and about $5,000 in spending money. And that would be like the expensive things that she would have. Everything else was just pretty standard backpacking. All right. She arrived first in Germany. So I assume her flight was somewhere in Germany. There you go. Where her 25-year-old brother, Darren, lived. Oh, that's cool. So she first arrived in Germany where her 25-year-old brother lived and was a professional cyclist who was recruited by the German team after winning the 2007 Australian Road Race Championships. She was close to her brother, and she was looking forward to spending some time with him. And by early July, she had made her way to Paris, where she'd meet up with her parents and celebrate her birthday. They spent time exploring the city, and she was especially excited to see the Mona Lisa, which is smaller than you would think. Yeah, Maddie and I saw it, and we were like, wait, what? It's teeny tiny. Why is it so small? did you know that it's not possible to see everything in the Louvre ever? Ever. 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 It's so big. Ever. We started with a tour group that we like immediately ditched and we explored forever in there and we didn't even see. I didn't even see like fraction. I didn't even see half of the stuff I wanted to see. Yeah. And we spent all day in there. You could work there your entire life and physically not be able to see everything (laughs) that is in that museum. We did see the Mona Lisa though, which was probably the least exciting thing that I saw there. And you can't even get close to it. So it's really far away and it's really small. It just makes me always sad seeing all of their art and stuff because so many of them were never even famous in their lifetime. I know, right? Yeah. And did all this, they just did this. Yep. And now it's like, wow, they're famous. But it's like, this man lived such a sad little, poor little, mentally ill life. Right. Like, never had money. Never. Mm, yeah. yeah. I know. And now his paintings are worth, and now these guys' paintings are worth, like, yeah, <laughs> crazy millions of dollars. <sighs> But I just think that's crazy that the museum's so big that you literally physically can't, no matter how hard you try. It was a pretty amazing museum, though. Now, on July 13, they would celebrate her birthday, and a picture of her and her dad would be taken, and her dad would look back on this picture and describe the moment as happiness. The trio would then head back to Germany to visit Darren, where they stayed in his small apartment, Uh, which her mother would describe as very special. Her and Britt had actually shared a bed, and a small bed at that. Dad slept on the couch, I think. Darren slept on the floor. I don't know. It was a really small apartment. But I love that they all stayed there together. So her and her mom would share a bed, and she said that she would tell Britt how special it was and that she might not ever get to be this close to her daughter again. By late July, they said their goodbyes to their children and returned home. By August, she had made her way to Poland, and here she met Tara Reynolds, who she would spend some time with before heading off to the Czech Republic, and then off to Hungary. Yep, and she kept her promise and was updating her family and friends on Facebook, where she was all smiles. She talked about the new foods that she tried, the new friends that she met, she went kayaking and swimming, hiking, and blogged her entire adventure. On September 13th, She sent her boyfriend a message that said, quote, Hey, just arrived in Sarajevo. 
So tired, took so long to get here on a dodgy train, but it was really okay, just glad that I made it. And on this stretch of her journey, she would meet another backpacker named Chris Noseworthy, and the pair were ecstatic to find out that they were actually booked into the same hostel. Always exciting. So that is actually really nice when you like meet somebody that you like get along with and then you find out you're headed to the same hostel or you're hiking the same trek that day or whatever it might be. They would explore and spend time together. She also met a backpacker named Brad. And I did originally have Brad's last name, but I think it was really hard to pronounce. And so I just didn't put it in here. But he was actually from her hometown in Melbourne. And while chatting, she told him that the Croatian coast was her next visit. And he cautioned her saying that his experience there had not been all positive. He said that the locals were unwelcoming and heard other horror stories from other hikers. And this was a warning that she would take to heart. But on September 15, she traveled to the Croatian coast for a day trip, after which she posted, and she does talk about herself in the third person. Sorry. Britt had the best day, jumping off cliffs into water, swimming under waterfalls, and getting soaked in the rain. And after this, Britt and Chris would travel along with another backpacker from the Dominican who was staying at their hostel. They would go to Dubrovnik on the Croatian coast where they had more adventures planned. So on September 16th, she posted off to Dubrovnik, Croatia. And it has a population around... 40, 40,000 people. Right, so pretty small. 40,000 people is small. I don't want to be alive anymore. There's too many people on this planet. <laughs> it has cobblestone streets and has a stone wall that encircles the town. And it's a very popular place for backpackers. Okay. It's very laid back. It has lots of restaurants and bars. And it is surrounded by rugged mountains and only has two ways in and out. It sounds like a really cool place. So the trio checked into the Dubrovni Backpackers Club, which is a multi-level hostel perched on the hills in a new part of the city. It has bunk beds, a community room, kitchen, and it's run by the Kirkovich family who lives on site in the basement apartment. Right, and the way I understand it is it's a a husband and wife and their adult son. Gotcha. Who, he's the manager So as they checked in, they meet Garrett Hopkins, a London backpacker, and within two hours, the now group of four headed out to the harbor side to get some food before enjoying the town's nightlife. And on September 17th, so the following day, the four would go out exploring together, and Chris would soon leave the group to attend a scuba diving course on a nearby island. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But she, Chris is a girl? Yeah. But she made plans to meet up with Brit in a couple of weeks. Right, because their paths would cross again in their travels. I love that. That night, she posted on Facebook that she had made it safe to Dubrovnik. And after dinner, she would spend time in the community room drinking and socializing with all of the backpackers. This is very common. They usually have games and other things. There's usually drinking. It's a good fun time. 
Around midnight, it was requested that they keep the noise down, and a bunch of them decided to head out on the town. Club Fiego was open from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. and was a lively favorite with backpackers, so they decided to head there. The club was pretty busy for a Wednesday night, and Britt, along with seven other backpackers, all boarded a bus for the 3.8-kilometer drive. And they arrived at the club at 12.38 a.m. The two-story building had a large black sign with a picture of a dancing woman on it and a banner that read Latino Club. It was dark inside with dim lighting and neon lights flickering over the dance floor. It had five different bars inside. There were more than 200 people at this nightclub on this night. On a Wednesday night at 12.30. That's crazy. (laughs) How are there even that many backpackers in this town Uh, or people in this town? I mean, that sounds like a club. Uh, Yeah. And Britt would soon be separated from the rest of the group. And they all kind of dispersed. Like, they get in there. They all kind of, like, head off and start interacting with other people. Later that morning, Maria, who is a backpacker that was sharing a room with Britt at the hostel, woke up to see that Britt's bed had not been slept in and her bag was sitting undisturbed. So like she hadn't gotten into her bag and yeah, she hadn't changed her clothes or gotten into her bag or anything like that. She had not gone out with the group the night before and assumed That they must still be out, which the club, I mean, the club was open pretty late. That's not crazy to assume that. What time is it? It just said later that morning. Okay. As she got up, she realized that everybody else was back at the hostel, though, but nobody seemed concerned. So Maria assumed that everything was fine and maybe Britt had gone off to do something else or had gone to stay somewhere else or had met up with a group of people or something like that. But when Britt still wasn't back by nightfall, they all started trying to figure out when everyone had last seen her. With their combined recollections, they realized that the last sighting of Britt had been at the club around 3.30 a.m. And none of them had seen Britt leave the club. They tried calling her phone, but it just rang. They started to worry that maybe something had happened or maybe she had accepted a lift home from a stranger or maybe tried to walk back and gotten lost. She obviously hadn't moved on without telling them since her bag was still there and her passport was locked in the safe at the hostel. A safe? Yeah. So the cool. Yeah, so the hostel has like a safe where people can put like their passports like they're more important. Yeah, that things. was like my most feared thing was like when we were in Europe is have like my bag was just chilling. Like, we're eating dinner. My bag's just chilling upstairs. I got my passport. Yep. I got Everything's all my shit in, in my there. bag. Exactly. And I'm like, well, let's just fucking hope that my Velcro, my loud-ass Velcro in my bag detours anyone <laughs> from going through it. Yeah. So, really smart. Usually, I would have, like, a fanny pack or something that I could put on that had, like, my important stuff in it so that it would uh, yeah, be I on just, my person. I just left my Maddie just left in my hers bag. in her bag. Um, did you know that I did get a passport card with my passport? You I did? 100% did. Where is it? I've never seen it in my life. Oh, my fucking The God. lady at the passport place told me that a lot of people throw it away because they don't realize that it's in there because it's just, like, stuck in the envelope. That's yeah. In the, like, it's just, like, yeah. 
flat and stuck against the side of it. That's funny because I would have insisted that or I would have told you to get one if I was with yeah, you. Yeah, no. So she was when I was replying because I had to apply for an emergency passport because, <sighs> you know, I'm a fucking reckless piece of shit. I don't know. I lost my passport. Can't find it. Don't know And it lost her ID like a year ago and never replaced it. Don't tell the government that because they don't know that I told them that I lost it last week. But they don't know oh that. Oh, my God, Madison. You can't tell them that you lost it a year ago because then they're like, well, why didn't you? Because then you sound really irresponsible. Well, yeah, and then they won't do shit for you. <laughs> they won't accommodate you. Wait, edit. Maddie also lost her ID like a week ago, so she didn't have that either. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, don't get me caught up with the feds, Mom. Anyway. I'm knocking. I want to meet you all. <laughs> Stop. But... The f- okay, wait. What was I saying, lady at the passport place? Oh, yeah. She was like, so do you have your passport card? And I was like, um, I don't have one of those. And she goes, uh, looks like you do. So do you want to report that lost? And I said, uh-huh. yeah, yeah sure. I do. Yeah. I do. And she just laughed at me. <laughs> You're such a dumbass. So then I had to check the little box, sign my name, saying that oh that my was God. lost as well. You stressed me out so bad. Anyway, also... Her cell phone would later be found inside her backpack. So she doesn't even have it on her at this point. Concern grew when by the following day, she still hadn't turned up. And by nightfall, they would inform the hostel owner of Britt's disappearance. And they were immediately worried. And at 2 a.m., the owner would go to check and see if she'd returned but she hadn't. Please report me missing before then. Do I need to tell people at the hostel? Like, hey, if I don't... Hey, I plan on coming back tonight with everybody else. If I don't show back up, please fucking report please me report missing. Please report me missing the the day. Well, and I don't know if they just thought that maybe she, like, went home with somebody and was, like, doing Her adventuring. there. I know, but still, that probably happens sometimes with backpackers. Actually, I would say that probably doesn't happen. I don't think it does because you see when they told the owners, the owners were like, um, like it. I don't like that everybody waited so long. I mean, I guess they don't know her. Like they don't like everybody's strangers. Now, Dominic would send an email to Chris Noseworthy because remember, she's not with the group anymore. And he would say she doesn't seem like the kind of girl to just go home with some dude. I'm really worried and desperately racking my brain to see if I can remember who she was with. But so far, no luck. Please get back to me. I think he's maybe like hoping that she's heard from Britt. Yeah. She immediately tries calling Britt's phone and it goes straight to voicemail. She messaged her through Facebook but got no response. She would check back with Dominic about whether or not Britt had turned up and he said that he was crossing his fingers that just some weird shit happened and that she was all right. Okay, so on September 19, this is one day missing. The members at the backpacker hostel, they do go through Britt's bag, hoping okay. to find contact information. I'm sorry, you go through Britt's bag, but you're not telling anybody that she's missing? Like, if you feel yeah. like you're concerned enough to go through a stranger's bag who's been missing for one day. Yeah. And you're going through her stuff? So when I say one day missing here, I'm talking about... So she went missing in the early morning of the 18th. So they waited until the 19th, the following day. Like so, a full night goes by. So she she goes... So they go to the club on what day? The 18th. The 18th. At 12.30 p.m. Okay. So early morning on the 18th. Yeah. 
So by the 19th, they go through her bag. Okay. So technically, she's only been missing for one day. But really, it's kind of like two because she went missing in the early morning. Does that make sense? So they waited the night? The night of the 19th. So she's been missing for more than 24 hours now because she went missing. She was last seen at 3.30 a.m. on the 18th. That's, this is weird. Why are, because so I feel like that if I wasn't, if I met someone in a hostel, how many, does anyone in this group has known Britt for more than one day? No, just the one backpacker. So she's hung out with two of the backpackers that are still here. But they just went on like a day excursion the day before they went out that night. Okay. All right. So nobody knows her very well. Okay. That's what I was asking. So they feel like she went missing at the club. All of her stuff is there. They don't know where she is. Uh-huh. The night of the 19th, they're like, well, let's go through her stuff. Well, let's but, not. But listen, they go through her stuff looking for contact information for her family. Of course. Because they want to know if anybody has heard from her. But did they not find her fucking phone? I think this might be when they find her phone. Because if when they found her phone, they should have been like, well, she can't contact anybody, so let's fucking... Well, but she could through social media. She could through other mediums. She doesn't have a phone. You can log into any of that on somebody else's phone, though. Yeah. It's unlikely, but I'm just saying, like, maybe she what forgot her this? phone. 2008. Okay. So, like, maybe she forgot her phone. They are unable to find any contact information. So they place a call to the Australian embassy. The embassy would call local police who were reluctant to act and thought that she probably was on a bender. The embassy requested that they launch an inquiry into the disappearance, but the request was denied. So Britt goes missing on the morning of the 18th. Right. Then... By nightfall of the 18th. So then, you know, they wake up, roommate finds bag, bag unattended. Yeah. They Same wait. day, but later in the day. Everybody's just waiting for her to show up the 18th. Everybody's basically just waiting. Right. Then 19th, the day of the 19th, that's when they decide to go through her bag. They send the email to Chris. Uh-huh. They contact Chris on the, all on the 19th. Then the police, like... They deny this. They deny everything. They, like, reject it, say, you know, she's on a bender. And that's either... After the embassy request that the police yes, get involved. so then that happens on either the 19th or the 20th. We're not quite sure when... I'm thinking the 20th. Yeah. yeah. They mm-hmm. might have denied it the next day. I'm not quite sure how long it took to process that. But that's the 19th or the 20th when the police say no. Right. Now, on September 21, three days missing... Yeah, technically we're on three days missing, but basically, depending on how you look at it, it could be considered more like four. So Simon, Britt's boyfriend, had become a little concerned that he hadn't heard from her, and he messaged her saying, Hey, B, hope Dubtown is still rocking and that the bugs aren't as big. Keep laughing, Tripthorn. But he received no response. So he's like just like kind of checking in, but not like, Hey, I'm worried. What's going on? Just like, Hey, hope it's going well. Like, trying not to be too Mm -hmm. concerned. Or trying not to sound too concerned. Her parents were also getting a little worried because they hadn't heard from Brittany since before she arrived in Dubrovnik. When she called her dad to wish him a happy birthday. And they teased her because she had called a day after his actual birthday. 
and that was before she arrived in Dubrovnik. On September 22, four days missing, her mom wrote a message on her Facebook page saying, Hi, Britt, missing your travel log. So again, another like fishing line kind of, right? Like they're trying to get a response without being overbearing or without like... Yeah, in case she is purposely ignoring them, they're worried that like... Or doesn't have service or who knows, right? Yeah, but obviously they're all at least a little concerned. And then get this, on September 24, six days missing, the local police were finally willing to consider her a missing person. After six fucking days. Cool. Technically seven or almost seven. Almost seven days. They gave the Department of Foreign Affairs permission to inform Britt's parents that she was missing because they still don't know their daughter is missing. Six days. Fuck. If I were one of those people, I would have posted a message on her Facebook. If they're Facebook friends with her, if they're not, they wouldn't be able to do that. They they haven't even known her. I know. They probably aren't. None of them are. They're all like... Uh, they... And this is not surprising. They were devastated and couldn't believe that they were just being informed that their daughter was missing. Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed too. Dale said, I'm disappointed that the Australian embassy knew about this on September 19. And it took them until September 24 for us to be notified. It's horrific. They were also shocked to learn that as of now, nothing yet had been done to try to find their daughter. I really, truly hope. And maybe this makes me a bad person. I'm not quite sure. But I hope that people who made this decision, because you know it was, like, one person's decision to be Probably. Like, yeah, at the time. We're not going to yeah. look into this. Like, and these people think, and we see this with all, lots of different cases. I'm talking social workers, police officers. 911 dispatcher. Yeah, all of that. All, of that. all those people. I hope that they live the rest of their life with crippling fucking guilt it, for the rest of their life. That might make you a little bit of a bad person. I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. I, okay. I'm not worried if it does, but it might make me a bad person. But I hope that they feel that guilt. I hope you never make a decision that you have to live with crippling guilt about for the rest of your oh, life. Oh, well, here's the thing is that if I was that person, I would be living with horrible I know, guilt. I know, so would I. I would yeah. not be able to live no, with myself right. knowing that, like, I made a decision just because, like, I made an assumption about this person that, oh, she's just on a bender. She's a 21-year-old. Yeah. She's on a bender. They were far past the most important time frame of 72 hours. They knew right away that something was terribly wrong and that something had happened to their daughter. That she would never have disappeared like this otherwise. Yeah. I feel like I'm angry. Madison has anger issues on some of these episodes. I just (laughs) don't like incompetence. I know. Well, I don't like being yelled at by you for other people's incompetence. Hey, I'm not so. yelling at you. I'm just yelling into the void. It's <laughs> it's not directed towards you. It's just anger. I feel your anger. Like, I feel your sadness and your anxiety. Like, you get me riled up and you need to calm down. Well, that sounds like a personal problem because I'm already riled up and I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. A missing persons report was officially submitted and... It stated that she was last seen in the club Viego and was wearing summer clothes with black leggings. Yeah, summer nobody could with black leggings? Yeah, nobody could really remember exactly what she was wearing apparently. Ah shit. I know. Well, it was fucking 12 days ago basically. I know. Not actually. It was, it's like I don't know. Six I don't days even know ago. what day yeah. anymore, but still. Okay. 
a long ass time ago. Um, the account that was given that night by the backpackers goes as follows. So they remember Britt being in good spirits. So on the ground floor of the nightclub, Garrett Hopkins saw her across the room happily chatting with another group of people he didn't know. And it's a nightclub. That makes sense. Uh, Backpacker Marino Marrero saw Britt talking to a group of strangers that she said were mainly tall men. And Marino at one point also remembers seeing Britt enter through what looked like a staff-only door near the bar. And then remerge a few moments later. So it could be a bathroom. We're not really sure. I don't know. Um, so backpacker Dominic Broschke. Oh, that was his last name. Remember I said earlier that I, I had his last name, but I didn't Borsky. write it down. Broschke. Broschke. So backpacker Dominic Broschke crossed paths with Brit several times through the night. He also was one of the backpackers that had spent some time with Britt earlier, that little, like, excursion day that they went Yeah, and he's also the one that wrote the email to Chris Noseworthy. Yes. So he saw her on the dance floor a few times, and they greeted each other um, in passing, and he said that he could tell that she was drunk, but seemed happy, and he hadn't seen her dancing with anyone in particular. So he saw her talking with multiple people from the hostel and at about 2 a.m. several backpackers reported that they had witnessed Britt drop a glass on the dance floor where it shattered. Employees of the dance club confronted her and requested that she leave the premises. When was this? What? At 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Why is this the first we're hearing about this shit? This is all of them giving their account which, by the way, they did not give their account to police because police did not immediately interview them. This is the account that they all gave to reporters or on social media. Why is none of this being given to the police? Because by the time the police go to interview them, they're all gone. So this is, like, what we've gathered from, like, social media and, like, all of what they've said. Right. Everybody that was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're all gone, of course. Okay, so... Which she did leave, but she was seen back in the club within 10 minutes. Right. So we don't know if she snuck back in, if they let her back in. We're not really sure what exactly happened, but she does end up back in the club within 10 minutes. And do you know what this kind of is like, as I was researching this, what it reminds me of? Byron Bay. Theo Hayes. Yep. Very similar situation as far as like, in the bar, everything seems fine. All of a sudden get gets asked to leave. I, I don't know that dropping a glass is a good reason to ask somebody to leave. Unless the club has a strict, like, no glass on the dance floor. Or when somebody seems overly intoxicated, they kick them out, kind of like they did in Byron Bay. Yes. And also reported that they didn't, that, like, they didn't seem too drunk. Right, just seemed a little drunk, not, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Garrett Hopkins reported at this point that she asked him, where are the Croatians? And he says that he did not know what she was talking about or who she was talking about. Followed by something else that was drowned out by music of the club. And he did notice that she was slurring her words at this point. And some of the backpackers reported that as they started to leave, they did ask Britt if she wanted to share a cab, but she wasn't ready to leave yet. Also, the last setting of Brit is around 3 a.m., and this placed her in the club with three men around her that she was talking to. Yep. So at the hostel, her bag sat on a chair with a vase of white and red roses next to it. 
Missing from the pack was her wallet, a small amount of cash, and her Canon camera. Yeah, all of which were items that fellow backpackers believed that she had taken with her to the nightclub that night. Yeah, she took her camera to the nightclub with her. Yeah. Her big Canon camera. Apparently, I find that strange as no, well. No, someone definitely stole that in the That's hostel. what I was thinking and as well. her wallet she probably had with her and the small a small amount of cash, but where's her five grand? They said that a small amount of cash was missing, indicating to me that there's still cash in her bag. Okay. That, that's how I read okay, that. Okay, well, then she could have taken a small amount of cash with her and her wallet, but I think her camera definitely got stolen. That's what I think, I feel too. like she didn't take that with her into the nightclub, but that's yeah. more here or there. Her brother does immediately fly to Dubrovnik. And when I say immediately, I mean after the family's notified, like a full fucking week after yeah. she goes missing. And he goes there to aid in the search. And when he arrives, he was shocked to find that police did not seem to be taking his sister's disappearance seriously. And he said that he found them uncooperative. When he asked about the investigation, he was told that they had only been able to interview one backpacker who had been at the hostel when Britt went missing as the rest had moved on. He asked if he could view the CCTV from the night that his sister went missing. There were seven cameras in the area, including one in the entryway and one over the dance floor. But police informed him that there had been an electrical fault the night of the 18th, and it had rendered all of the cameras defective. Suspicious. That is fucking suspicious as shit. And the police said that they did send the footage to try to recover it, but they were unable to do so. That's so suspicious. Yeah. So they said that interviewing the employees at the club would have to be good enough. No, that's not fucking good enough. He says, though, that when he visited the nightclub, employees there told him that they had not talked to the police or been interviewed. The next weird thing that I want to talk about is when they get a hold of her phone records, it is determined that her phone made a call at 2.57 a.m. on September 18. But it's in her... It was put back in her backpack. So, I don't know. But this is about a half hour before the last sighting of Brit mm-hmm. at the club. The call was made to Avica Perkelage, the 33-year-old manager at the hostel where she was staying. So this is the son of the operator. Right, the manager. Yeah, gotcha. And wouldn't you know it, he actually left the country just days after Brit disappeared. <laughs> so he's unavailable for an interview. So he fucking did it. When police called him to request that he come back to be questioned, he said that he barely knew Britt and that he had only met her briefly in the common room on the 17th around 10.30 p.m. He said that they talked about Australia, and he said that he went to bed shortly after this, but he did get up later and complain to his mother that the backpackers were being too loud and keeping him awake. And this is when she went and asked them to be quiet and to, like, bring the volume down. Yeah, you little bitch. You can't go tell them to be quiet Thank them- you. yourself. Like, That's what are exactly you, a what child? I said. You're I a 33-year-old man. Well, you know what I was thinking is, like, maybe in the past when he has confronted backpackers, they're like, no. And they, like, won't listen. I don't know. Now, he claimed that he was asleep at the time of the call and that he had his phone on silent and didn't answer it. But he answered the call. No, we don't know. 
What do you mean we don't know? We don't know. I don't think the call was actually answered. He also said that he had no idea why she was calling, but he did say that his line was the main number used at the hostel, and it was the number that was given to guests at check-in. Okay. So could Britt have been calling the number that she was given trying to get a ride back to the hostel? Possibly. Possibly. The bigger question, really, though, is how the fuck did Britt's phone make it back to the hostel when previously it was thought that she did not return there and was seen by no person there after the club? Because somebody else who was at the club returned her phone. I think she returned, and I think something happened to her there. After police questioned him, they did say that he was not a suspect. Okay. Which, I don't know. This is what pisses me off, and probably Britt's family too, is that he made comments to the press about what type of girl he thought Britt was. So, so he made comments about what type of girl he thought she was, stating that the rest of the backpackers weren't concerned when she didn't come back, and said that he had talked to other hostels where she had stayed, and that they described her as kind and polite, but reckless. Which I don't fucking believe you. I think you're trying to get your fucking face on the news and... You pathetic piece of shit who can't even go tell backpackers to quiet down. You need to go get your little mommy to do it for you. Yeah, and Britt's mom would say, every mother knows their little girl. I know my little girl, and she's not that kind of girl. I think he's being very clever in trying to put the blame on Brett. And I totally agree with and that. And also, I'm sorry, she's 21. If she wants to be a little reckless, she's traveling, she's doing her own thing. Like, what could she be doing that's so reckless that's like... Yeah. Well, I think that he's trying to make it not the fault of the hostel or something, right? Like, she calls them. She calls the hostel. Maybe she needed help, and maybe they didn't provide help to her or a ride or whatever. I don't know. Tara Reynolds, who had been traveling with Brit in Poland, said, I am very angry and upset for him to say such things. In one breath, he says he doesn't know her, and in another, he makes these assumptions about her. It makes me suspicious. Very suspicious. Yeah, it's weird. So Brit's family does criticize the way that police have handled the case. Naturally. Yeah. No kidding. Respect. And this does seem to cause police to stop sharing information with them. Not surprising again. No. Deputy police chief defended their investigation and stated that he believed she would be found alive. Oh, yeah. And would be found safe. See? He said, we are not searching for a body. We are searching for a girl. It is now a matter of time until we find the answer to this mystery. But I am sure that we will answer all the questions as to what happened. And I will do everything as a human being and a policeman. I still hope she is alive. That is a hope, a real one. This, this man, this is the type of shit I hope that you live with crippling Crippling. guilt. (laughs) You're telling me you don't want that man to live with crippling guilt? Madison wants everybody to live with crippling guilt that's involved in this case. I feel like that people don't get enough guilt from what they do. And I think that you should have to live with the consequences of your actions. And I hope that they do. I hope that they fucking do. Yep. He also declared Dubrovnik 
one of the safest counties in all of Croatia. Yeah, if you don't report any crimes, it's pretty goddamn safe here. Now, the Australian media covered this case extensively, and criticism was harsh around the week that it took police to even start looking into the case. And their assumption that Brit was just a party girl that would eventually wander back hungover got them super riled up. Her family and friends disputed this claim from the beginning. Get this. Dale does go in front of the media and say that they were contacted by the Australian Federal Police and asked to be mindful of Australia's relation with Croatia when talking to the media, and they were given a list of rules to follow. I'm sorry. (laughs) There were also rumors that started spreading around that maybe she had been taken for sex trafficking, which was a real fear and problem at this time. And her dad said that, honestly, that would be the best outcome because he wanted his daughter back alive. Fuck. That's not the first time we've heard something like that either. No. Darren, Britt's brother, does continue searching for Britt, and he puts up missing person posters everywhere. He logs into her Facebook and contacted any friends that she had recently added or interacted with. And he even saw a clairvoyant who said that Britt's case would be solved when two young men were located. Yeah, the fucking hostel worker and And the backpacker. And the other backpacker. Her mother would say, every morning I wake up and I feel that there's still a glimmer of hope that Britt is still alive. And that's what's keeping us going. Mm. They've also offered a 100,000 euro reward. And... We're making plans to sell their house in order to raise more money for information leading to the safe return of Brett. Oh, my God. So, on October 3rd, so this is 15 days missing. Or 16, depending on how we're counting. Yep. So, Dale, Britt's dad, and Simon, Britt's boyfriend, board a plane to Croatia in order to search themselves. So, Dale vowed that he would not leave without his daughter. He would say... I would like to think that she is probably being held against her will. I just couldn't imagine, other than for Darren and Britt, there is no point in living. There are everything. And get this. Upon his arrival, there is a flurry of activity with search parties, tracker dogs, police tape up in key areas, they're searching the hostel where she was staying, and there's even a helicopter up looking. And this was a shock to Dale, but he was relieved the police did seem to be taking his daughter's disappearance seriously, although this was not the view that most people took, because the rumor was that this was all a show for Dale and the Australian media that had come into town. This isn't real. This is 15 days after. What are you doing? Thank you. 15 days? Everything's gone. Within like four days, And the brother's been there the whole time. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. Police continued to defend their actions and were still sure that Britt would be found alive. They did set up a tip line, but a lot of the tips went straight to the press instead of the police, which frustrated them. So police, 15 days in, police start focusing on the group of backpackers that Britt had been hanging out with at the time of her disappearance. Mm -hmm. And they seemed to think that it was suspicious that none of them had stayed in the area. No shit. 
They don't live there. They're backpackers. I know. It's not suspicious that they left the area. They, they, this is, they can't, they have, people have flights home and people have bookings other places. They can't just fucking willy nilly sit there. Yeah. So what police do have though is the accounts that were given to media that were posted on social media. Not given to the police because they didn't. But when they try to talk to the backpackers, they learn that all of them had consumed a large amount of alcohol that night and that none of them had actually spent a significant time with Brit during that time. Yeah, which we know. Now. Which we, we know. We already know. Yeah. Ugh. So now on October 6th, 18 days missing, around 11 a.m., a local fisherman on the coast of Dubrovnik finds a body floating in the water just 100 meters east of Club Fiego. So the body was in an advanced stage of decomposition. So it was unclear if the remains were male or female, and Britt's father and brother were out searching when the news reached them, and they did not hear about this through the police, but from a fucking fisherman. Yeah, seriously. Well, here's the thing. They immediately assumed that this body belonged to Britt, obviously. And her dad, Dale, called Britt's mom to tell her that their daughter may have finally been found. And she said that she was sure it was her. So it came as a big surprise to the family when police denied that the body could be Britt's, as they believed the body in the water had been there for months, while Britt had only been missing for 18 days. So they're like, yo, we found a body, but don't worry, it's not Britt. Because we're still going to find her alive. Can we please see the body? Well, they even held a press conference saying, we can almost for sure tell that the body is not Britt's body. And their theory was that the remains belonged to an illegal immigrant who had ended up in the water. So four days later, DNA would confirm that the body found in the bay was indeed Britt Lapthorne. Yeah, sorry, wait. I'm almost sure that this on the bottom of my sh- this brown stuff on the bottom of my shoe isn't dog shit. Let me lick it real quick. Like, I know. What do you mean? It's just an illegal immigrant. Now, the body was very decomposed, and there was only about forty percent of her there, and some of her limbs were missing, along with most of her teeth and hair. So this body is very decomposed, but it's definitely Brit. The shirt that Britt was wearing the night that she disappeared was found floating in the water not far from her body, which makes it even more frustrating that they claimed it wasn't her for so long. No other belongings were found, including all of her clothing. So she is not wearing her clothes, but her shirt is found floating in the water near her. The theory becomes that the body had been weighed down with something, which led to advanced decomposition. Mm -hmm. So the coroner could not definitively say that foul play had occurred, but this doesn't rule out suicide or that she died in a swimming mishap. I'm sorry. Wait. So she took off her own clothes and somehow weighed her body down in a swimming mishap. And where are the rest of her clothes? Where's her camera? So... The report stirred outrage, as we are here. Yeah. Um, It was only two pages long, and they did no toxicology. 
Now, the body would be re-examined by Australian coroner, and this autopsy would include a tox screen. Thank you. But it did not detect any drugs in her system. Because she wasn't on drugs. What was left of Brit showed no bruises or abrasions or anything that could be proven to have occurred outside of the water. So no real information was found, but it was a much more thorough report. She has the possibility of being in the water for 18 days here. Yeah. She's missing fucking limbs. Yeah. So Dale Lapthorne, Britt's father, had been very critical about how the investigation had been run. Understandably. So he cites the slow start to the search, lack of communication with the family, lack of communication with everyone, honestly. But an internal report found that the police had been professional and determined in their efforts to determine what had happened to Miss Lapthorne. That is the biggest load of shit. With that said, there were several deficiencies noted early on in the investigation. Oh, so you mean after the media got involved, they became determined? Mm Mm-hmm. By the end of 2008, the family was finally given access to the CCTV footage from the street. Because remember, the cameras from the club had some sort of issue. As did the business across the street that had a camera facing the club door. There was one camera from down the road that showed something interesting. And this would lead to the blue van theory. The camera was 50 meters down the road and did not provide visibility of the front door. And police had examined the footage and found nothing notable in it. The family did watch every second. And at 4.46 a.m. on the 18th, a dark blue van emerges from a side street pulls up to the club and a person came out of the club and got into the van. But it wasn't possible to identify the person or the driver of the van or anything. But there had been reports of men in a van masquerading as police officers in multiple incidents. Masquerading as police officers or actually being the police? The funny thing about that is that There was a sketch done of some of them, and two of the sketches did very closely resemble two police officers that were currently on the the force. I think that it's a... Do you know, they're actually finding a lot of issues with police gangs inside of different departments all over the world and everything. And get this. Later on, like after this, something like 40% of the police force is let go. Dude, it's the police. Dude, here's the thing. When... One of these incidents happened. Citizens came out to the defense of the person that these police officers were trying to get into their van. And they did not believe that they were actually police officers. Like, to them, it seemed like a very fake masquerade of people pretending to be police officers. That's not to say that they weren't involved. But we could jump down these rabbit holes all day long. At the end of the day, we still do not know... What happened to Britt Lapthorne? Yeah. It's still unsolved. And yes, maybe her family has closure, and thank God for that, but, like, come on. No, literally. The family said, whoever did this to our daughter, they have to live with their guilt. See? Crippling guilt medicine. I fucking hope that everyone lives with Wait, listen to this. I hope it tortures them like we're tortured every day. Fuck yeah. Yep. Yeah, Britt's mom. Yep. It's Britt's mom. family. It's her mom or her dad. I don't know at this point. But in the end, nothing we do will bring our daughter back to us. 
Our feeling is that we just have to learn to live with it. Her father said, Although we may never really find out what happened to Brit, I know I still live in hope that one day, as long as I live, I'll find out an answer. Her father would eventually retrace his daughter's steps on her final trip. He would board the same trains, he would ride the same buses, he would eat at the same restaurants. And that was about as close to closure as he would get. If you have a theory on this case, we would love to hear it because we sure fucking have them ourselves. And we're going to click over to Bunker Talk right now on our Patreon and talk about what our theories are. I'm going to try to keep Madison calm and at least keep her from raising her voice. She's a little emotional right now after the last bit of that episode. So maybe... That will help calm her down. No. No. <laughs> no. No, it will not. Um, let us know what you think. We'll tell you what we think. Um, you know, I think that uh, I... You could probably tell what my opinion is. I think it's episode. not hard to determine Madison's opinion Who in I many... Think did it. We'll see how much of what you said I leave in there, though. Oh, my God. Because you were very aggressive with your opinion when you did insert it all throughout the episode. So we'll see. I don't know how much you'll know, but Madison definitely has a theory. I got two. But let us know what you guys think. Come and check us out on social media. Come and visit us at Patreon. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Maddie's been really stressed out about this whole passport thing because she literally leaves on Sunday. Yeah. For another country and couldn't find her passport, didn't have an ID. I was like, and it's a trip that's been paid for for like a year. So I'm like. But I did just realize my passport's missing this month, like earlier. But I have literally been losing sleep over this like missing passport and shit. I searched Madison's entire room multiple times and could not find it. I literally don't know where it is. Oh my God. I can't. I've looked through everything. Multiple people have looked through all of my belongings, all of my stuff, which you but know, she I just love. she recalls putting it into some sort of box at some point. I know. I the thing is okay, okay. Look, Wait. you're making it sound so Wait. much worse than it actually Madison, is. Where are you going to put your passport after this trip? I'm. I am actually. I want to get one of those little safes. Yeah, in a safe. That's the right I answer. I want to get a little safe. Get a fire safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, where that. is your birth certificate and your social social security card? Because I feel like I should put those. They're back sitting in, the in safe. my little folder. Oh my and god, my f- where? Where's your folder? There, my folder's in my room. It's on my bookshelf. It's probably been stolen from her car already. <laughs> it's not in my car. It's definitely in the house. I have all my important documents actually in one. I, oh no, just kidding. I don't have my passport. I don't have my birth certificate. What do you mean? The police has it. What do you mean? The government has it. Why would they have it? Because they have to. Prove they have to approve and print out my passport. They had to keep all of that stuff. Oh my god! So you literally don't even have. I that? literally don't even have my birth certificate. Oh my god! They had to. They kept my cop, my photocopy, and my real one. Okay, I'm gonna need your real one, and you can order your own copy if you want to have a copy of your social and your birth certificate. Because I feel like 
you should okay, not well, have I the actually, originals. I was gonna ask if I was gonna ask them about it because they I knew they had it, but then I heard another guy at the counter ask about it. So uh, are you gonna give me that back? And she was like, no, "No, um, they need to process it. It's your proof of citizenship. So you'll get it back when you get your passport. Yes, I'm I'll assuming. get it back when okay. I get it when I get my passport on my Tuesday. Fucking God, I can't. Um, but I do not have my birth certificate. <laughs> I have my social security card. And that is the single-handed only identification I have cool. at this very moment in time. Cool. It's My ID fine. should be in the mail. It's fine. Okay. 